Yeah, we've had an unbroken string, I guess. So might as might as well instead of like for some reason breaking it now, like might as well just get it we, all out of the way. We tried. We did try. As soon as I realized it was, I was like, dude, we got to do this. This suicide squad. Just feels right. Welcome to our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are the Corto Maltesians, Martin and Brady. If, if this whole beach was completely covered in dicks and somebody said I had to eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say, no problemo. I cherish peace with all my heart. I don't care how many men, women, and children I need to kill to get it. And this week, we decided to cleanse our blood-soaked palate with the fun and whimsical adventures of The Suicide Squad from 2021. <laughs> Are we... Is something wrong with us? We're going to be typecast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh we are in a deep deep dive of uh a lot of killing on our uh, <laughs> throughout the course of august and july and um side note love it so, yeah. somebody <laughs> somebody needs to check in with us make sure we're okay <laughs> <laughs> even when we try to veer we seem to find our way back <laughs> this was going to be a comedic uh episode and uh then we realized that the, the new Suicide Squad came out, and I was like, yeah, let's please do this. Right? I mean, it's right there. And at least there was, you know, some comedy elements, because this is the one that... True. After they did the first one, you know, they called in James Gunn, and we said, hey, can you help us? And he said, of course I can. So, quickly about that. So, did either of you see the first one? I, I did. Yes. Yeah, on a plane. So, it wasn't like I sought it out, <laughs> but... I did not. I remember I not not, not hating it as much as I like heard how bad it was. Like I don't I I, I think maybe I remember not liking yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't you know I didn't didn't love it, didn't like it. Um but I just remember not hating it. Like I I, I, I thought uh Jared Leto did an okay job as the joke. he was was he in that one? Yeah, yeah he was Joker. in it, but yeah, it was he, he wasn't, wasn't the main wasn't supposed to be the focal right. point. But I so he was just kind of there. But I just liked I liked he's his more character. connected to Harley Quinn. Is that how that is? Yeah. Do you know the background behind Harley Quinn and they dated or married or something along those lines or like, did they kind of allude a little bit of allude to it in this? Yeah, she was his doctor at Arkham Asylum, and then uh, she falls for him, and then becomes Harley Quinn, and and then you know they date and things like that. The one movie that I thought might play a little bit more into this version was. The Harley Quinn the movie, Birds of, Prey. Birds of Prey, which Birds of Prey, right? And I didn't see that, and I was thinking about going back to watch it, but um, I might have to just check that out to see if it does kind of build up some of the backstory of how she becomes more independent. I put it on. I put it on last night, um, and basically got through it, but like it was just kind of on, on on in the background, and it was it was okay, just not also also not great. But yeah, they talk about Joker's not in that one. Like she just it starts out with her saying. You know, this is this is her emancipation from him. Like she breaks up with him, and then this is her making her statement in her own standalone movie and that kind of stuff. Was she so? Was she like kind of the breakout star yeah. from the first one, and that's why they clearly they, they made that movie with her, or was it? But, but I guess what I'm saying is, or was that forced? Were they like, no, we're trying to make her the star? Like, I mean, did she just like crush it? And they're like, we're like, okay, we're gonna take it and run with her, or was it like, oh, okay, we got Margot Robbie, we're gonna try to make make her into. I mean, because I, from what I saw on this one, I kind of, I could see some appealing, besides the Margot Robbie appealing parts, um, I could see some appealing parts of like that kind of crazy character vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think both. I think she probably stood out in that first Suicide Squad because A, like you said, the, the, the Margot Robbie aspect, like she's very attractive, um, but she also did do a good job. She is a good actress, and, and is kind of a fun character to explore. And that's why she made it over into into this reboot as the one of the well, not not the only one, but one of the only ones that really remains as, as a focal point. Um, but yeah, I I, I think even with the, with this one, I maybe have got a little tired of it, or there wasn't she wasn't amazing in it or anything like that. Um, I don't know if you if you felt differently because this is your first time seeing her as as Harley Quinn, right, Brady? Yeah, and I saw a note where she's kind of said that she would oh any if she was ever asked she'll always play Harley Quinn because she loves Cause it's fun right the character yeah. I'm sure it's fun you can very 
crazy and reckless and all over the map and um which I can see that being fun, especially for an actress to kind of get to play almost every range of <laughs> emotion there is. Uh, I thought she was fine and good, goodish in this, but I, yeah, but I also wouldn't say that she was necessarily a huge focal point either. No, I mean this was such a collaborative effort uh, amongst all of them, and clearly she was she carried some. Yeah, who who gets Robert who gets House? top billing? Who's top billing on this one? Jelani, who do Jelani, you, yeah. you list your, uh, what's your backwards your take three. so we can we can rip on it? <laughs> <laughs> so I would go Idris gets top billing. And then Margot Robbie because of the character. And then I probably would have to go John Cena, even though my boy gets pushed down the list. Uh Joel Kinneman. I would I would AKA the the hard seltzer version of John Cena. <laughs> I would. What is uh, this? What's that mean? I just feel like he's. You they, hate it? They were oh, like, that's me. <laughs> they they have him, and he. I mean, I wish I could see him in more things. I mean, he's really having a, a slow burn here. Well, not... you can watch. Uh, I just finished season one of uh, For All Mankind. Is he in that? Yeah, he's uh, he's in that. It's on. Uh, it's actually on Plex. If you want to watch it, if you really want some more uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, I mean, he's been in what? Altered Carbon, The Informant, The Killing. The so you watched everything. Robocop. He's, you're naming a bunch of shit, and you've seen it all. <laughs> I have seen a yeah, lot of Joel. I haven't, seen a, I haven't seen a lot of those. I've seen Wasn't the Killing. Robocop. Yeah, yeah, Robocop. He's the new Robocop. Uh, real quick to answer the uh, the billing according to the poster, as we like to go to uh, Margot is your top build, followed by Idris, followed by John Cena. I would yeah. um so flip flop. One and two. Yeah, I was I was gonna say yours is probably closer to right in my eyes or my opinion, but yeah, I mean that that's probably uh, probably accurate that Margot gets top billing on it um, because of the character that's already established. So people, yeah. are, you're getting the Suicide Squad crew of fandom, right? They're coming knowing what they're getting yeah. with her. I think you're looking at it from the movie standpoint. Yes, Idris and Cena are the would be more to the top. Was Idris? And, in one of the Justice League ones, or no? So Idris is a MCU guy. Oh, he's right. Heimdall in all of the Thor movies. But they essentially were going to have him replace Will Smith, Will Smith's character from the first one, and then they just came up with a different character for him to be entirely, so that they can use Will Smith down the road. If yeah, if, and when that the only counts. reason I, I ask is because. They mention when he's in prison. They mention that he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet, and I didn't know if that happened right. in one of the other movies that I that I don't remember. I'm guessing it's in the comics, but Jelana, you can probably speak to that. The, the character of Bloodsport. Yeah, honestly, I I was yeah I wasn't very well versed on Bloodsport because Will Smith's character in the first one is Deadshot, really uh, like a Batman rival more so than uh, anybody else. Okay. And, you know, he's a trained assassin and things like that, which I thought was kind of a fun nod when they, you know, were telling Bloodsport's backstory and then Peacemaker's backstory, and they were, like, identical yeah, that was and funny. exactly the same. They're like, yeah. you've got the same guy twice. Well, they pretty much called that out yeah. actively. Yeah. <laughs> and, it was- and, again, I think that's, that's a credit to James Gunn in the writing, right? Like, hey, we're just going to make fun of it because it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, all those, all those things made it better than a typical – DC, what is it? DCEU, right? Uh, movie. Uh, it, it it had it had the fun element that we talked about when we talked about the Snyder Cut. Um, that things are just missing. How it takes itself too seriously. This definitely did not take itself too seriously, and it had the right kind of comedic tones. Um, it still maybe, you, you know, maybe it was maybe it was too much. Like like you could tell that it was the same guy who did Guardians for for me, but but I still enjoyed it. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed every aspect of it. It, it made me laugh. Um, uh, I thought all the all the actors, like you said, the top four build there are were were great. Like I thought, I thought every every actor did a did a great job. Um, John Cena, who I I do find funny in in a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff he's in. Like I don't necessarily like seek him out, but it was um, he's he's been good in, in everything he's in. So I think he he you know he well has he's got a well deserved spot in these action movies that he's getting a lot of. So that was one of my notes. Was uh, I think. Cena really has, especially coming from essentially professional wrestling, <laughs> he has his comedic timing and his comedic 
acting is really good in, and I, I don't know if it's just choosing roles correctly or what, but like he is, he's just a really good person to have in movies as on the comedic side. And I feel like initially he, you know, he went and he was like the Marine or, you know, he was like just this big dude who he's going to be kind of more on the action side of things. And I think whether it was just showing those chops, he is fantastic on the comedic side and his timing is amazing. And I don't know if it's the facade that he has that adds to that or, you know, or, or he just innately has great comedic timing, but he's, He's really good um, on the funny side. I mean, he was really good in Trainwreck. Yeah, that's where I first saw him. Yeah, with Amy Schumer, right? Yeah, and just kind of, I think, has no problem being... Kind of self-deprecating, makes fun of himself. 100% self-deprecating, and just, he kind of just owns it. And like I said, you you see him as a big... (laughs) Really big, like those arms are just huge. (laughs) Yeah, he's massive. But he, he's, he's taking a uh, taking a page from from you know our boy uh, the Rock from Dwayne Johnson right just trying to go from from wrestling into uh, into action and, and and some comedy in there and I mean even in, even in some of the same franchises right like with Fast and Fast and Furious stuff so but yeah he's doing doing a good job uh, and I don't know if, yeah sorry I don't know if you guys ever saw Blockers is that cock blockers? Cock blockers with a chicken yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't see it but. he's 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 really good in that too like he is really funny in that movie and i i would actually it's it's it's, it's a it's an amusing comedy for sure so right, that's a um, good endorsement he, he has it and he is so he's the peacemaker and is just really really good i mean he's we both quoted lines of his, uh, you know, to start the start the episode, right. and he is he delivers throughout in terms of uh, having lines that are just funny and great, great comic relief throughout the movie. Yeah, and I read that even after before this even came out, I think Warner Brothers had already optioned or planned for him to have a standalone movie. Like, I think they're a doing a show. Is it a show? Yeah. Okay. I, think I knew so. they were given an, another project because yeah, there's a show well called The Peacemaker, done. I believe. Um, Hence, they didn't and, kill him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, if you didn't pick up on the what exactly the standard move there at the end, he is uh, alive and kicking. So I don't know how that's being presented. I don't know. I mean, with Marvel, you know, it's on Disney, so I don't know who who has the rights to that type of stuff. But but yeah, there will probably HBO, right? Because Time Warner. Yeah, definitely could Warner be. Brothers. Um, but that's yeah. that's he is filming right now, so. I think it was it was a good nod to keeping some of the characters and even introducing some of them, even though they killed off like so, Captain Boomerang and. So wait, were those in the first movie? Is that what you mean by, or are these you're just saying through from the universe? Yo, from from the first movie, you know, you had Jai Courtney who played Captain Boomerang. He was in the first movie. Margot Robbie, Joel Kinnaman, they reprised their roles as well. Interesting. And then uh, Viola Davis was Amanda Waller again. You know, you had four people from the first one that you you brought back, even though, you know, Jai Courtney gets killed in the first so, five minutes. So I was going to say, I, I found it, I like laughed out loud at a huge chunk of them getting killed in the first, yeah, first 20 minutes of the movie. I, for some reason, I just, I like found it funny and I, I didn't know that they, I, I, I guess maybe a couple of them were, were carryovers or what, or whatnot. It's like. Yeah, you don't even need Jai Courtney to be Captain Boomerang in this particular movie if you're just going to kill him off. But I'd like Pete Davidson, for better or worse, I was like, oh, he's probably has, you know, he saw, I, I saw him in like a trailer. I just figured he'd be bigger he than that. have yeah. a little bit bigger uh, role. And it was like, nope, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and some people were probably happy about that. And that Weasel character, too. I was like, oh my God, they have Weasel and the shark man. <laughs> um, that, that just seemed like a lot of, you know, anthropomorphic. <laughs> Um, animals <laughs> wholeheartedly uh, but, agree. Don't get but, me wrong. Uh, but yeah, they just like you know, kind of. Well, I guess didn't kill him off. Like I guess he's he's still around too in the in the post credit sequence. But but yeah, that that interest. I, I was wondering. Did, we talked about this being like a re. It's a reboot, but it's also it doesn't really like take the place of anything that like it, it, they didn't like write over anything that happened in the first Suicide Squad, right? Like, or did they? No, because the the first one was completely different. Yeah. Like um, there was a different. Uh, big bad and everything yeah. like that and there was a different like 
end goal. And I think this one, even though it was kind of a restart, essentially, it's, it's hey, we still have, you know, these characters that have worked with each other before, you know, Marta right. Robbie and um, Joel Kinnaman and, and Boomerang, right? And then we're just going to kind of put them on a new mission. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've gone through this before. And that's what I think kind of, you know, might scare off some people because they don't give you the backstory of everybody. Like, you, there's just a giant anthropomorphic shark. And you're like, well, how did this thing come about? And you're just like, no, nope, we're just going to keep rolling with it. Like, don't ask too many questions. Voiced um, by who? I definitely have that. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I had to. I had to look I that up. up. I didn't pick that, up on it at first, way. and then after after I I saw it, I couldn't I couldn't unhear it. You know. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I felt like you kind of mentioned the shark and the weasel, but it was like the extreme randomness of like the superpowers were were like a lot to uh, digest. I so I, I guess for not knowing anything like, but TDK <laughs> didn't know that character at all. Is it the real detachable- though? kid <laughs> what wouldn't surprise me if it is well i saw something again this is out not knowing enough about this this universe but um i saw that gun he said he wanted to specifically fill it with like obscure and unknown villains since he felt like it was more faithful to the comics and so yeah i'd assume that means that like some of these these people are at least mentioned yeah probably like in <laughs> old you know 40s and 50s Whatever. And it's just like, okay, well, this person's out there. We don't need him for much, but like, the TDK is going to be on here for five minutes, and uh, and is going to detach his arms and slap people. I was like, what the fuck? And then yeah, polka dot. I was starting to. I was starting to. Oh yeah, polka dot. I was like, but I was starting to question a little bit early on. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) And you got some actors to like be in this. Like that was Nathan Fillion. I know. When I was like. Oh, really? So that was kind of a, a surprise to me. And, you know, my mom would be so happy that Nathan Fillion's still getting work, you know. She's a big <laughs> uh, Firefly fan, or? Uh, no, I think it's more uh, Castle. Yeah, I, I was going to say she's I, a I, Castle. I, sh- Come on. I knew, Come I on, knew it was the other show that he did, but I wanted to, I wanted to go back to the, uh, to the old sci fi that made everyone love him <laughs> in this universe. <laughs> I was just going to say, he also does some voiceover work for DC animated films, and he's been the Green Lantern for a while. So wow. that may be another tie-in to bringing him into the to the universe. You, you didn't really know. I mean, you, he, you didn't, I don't know. Maybe maybe they burned him. Maybe they didn't. It felt like uh, it was a waste for a guy who was masked and didn't have to do much to, to like put him in there. <laughs> and Michael, Michael Rooker. So the Michael Rooker part, right? Because I think that's just a James Gunn staple. Right, he he uses Michael Michael Rooker in a lot of his films. They have a good relationship, and he also has his brother in there. So his brother, I think, was the motion capture for the Weasel. Weasel. Yep. But he was also Calendar Man, and the Is prison. Do the talk so you have a something? yeah? He's the one. I think he talks to Polka Dot Man, and when he's like, "What does he do? Just like release polka dots or something like that?" He's you see him briefly. But he's another guy that you know works with his brother a lot and and is uh, heavily involved in the movies. With Gunn being the writer, though, I wonder how much he like leaned on Tika Waititi. Also, you know, because you know Tika 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 Sumter Tika Waititi Tika Waititi Waititi Ratman Rat Catcher Oh Rat Catcher They're gonna come for you, Brady Rat Catcher Number One. Yes, that catcher number one. Uh, couldn't resist. But I, I again, I liked you know that role, right? Again, because you get you get the the father aspect of him raising his daughter and showing him like, hey, you know, if rats have a place in the world, so do we. And then also having Idris and Blood Bloodsport being you know trying to realize that his daughter is going down the same path that he did, and and not wanting her to do that, uh, even though they're very estranged and don't have a good relationship at all you sure sure seemed like a lot of love and affection there and they're uh seen together (laughs) it was one of the one of the more brutal they're just like swearing back and forth at each other i was like damn this is not a good father daughter relationship here (laughs) no not not whatsoever it was uh it was pretty amusing to see because it just it you just don't see that (laughs) yeah where um, where have we seen that daughter before or the actress did she look familiar to you guys? So I think I, I know, answer, but I, so I'm, I'm going to be. 
I'm going to be ridiculed if I say it, but I think she was in Project Power. Oh, man. Oh, really? I think so. No, it's A Wrinkle in Time. I uh, think. That's, that's, that's what it is. is. Oh, that would be it. I haven't seen that movie. Um, right, but I remember but I seeing the, the preview. pre- previews, and she looked, yeah, she looked familiar to me from there. So she's she's Meg, I believe it's Meg from. Yeah. I read that book, and she book. was also in. Uh, oh, she's in Twelve Years a Slave. I definitely saw that, but I don't remember her from that specifically. Um, did you guys ever see the movie Slight? No, no, that sounds like a Netflix special. <laughs> it wasn't, but it's. It's a. I don't know if it qualifies as garbage crime, but okay. it was one that didn't didn't get a huge run. Sounds like a kind uh, of man sleight of hand movie. So, kind of. I don't want to. I'm not going to say okay. anymore. It didn't but, get a huge run. Did it get a slight run? <laughs> Dad jokes at braids eleven on Twitter. <laughs> I searched slight on IMDb and like eight things came up and not that one. <laughs> Twilight came up before that. Dule Hill is in it, so. There's a winner for you. Yeah. You know they're rebooting um, The Wonder Years, and I think Dule Hill's supposed to be in it. Oh, really? Yeah. I heard they're rebooting it. I didn't know who whose cast is in yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who's casting it, but it's like uh, I think Fred Savage is like producing it or something. So we'll talk more about that. I heard later. somebody – I forget who was supposed to do the voiceover for that, but somebody uh, somebody pretty big is – Don Cheadle, I think, is voiceover. involved too. So I don't know if he's the voiceover or something else. Did you guys – catch the the cordo maltese uh reference i did not i didn't know if that was but i i figured that might be like the uh the thing from commando what's the what's the town that that they uh, or this country the island do you remember the country from Commando? yeah i i don't remember the country but yeah it's just a, a random yeah, that they use in like a south a bunch american of different, country different movies so i thought it might have been that that was used in these comics yeah so apparently like because jen and i recognize it from arrow because they use it in the, the Arrowverse. It's also the Arrowverse, right? But um, it's also where in 1989, Vicki Vale took those pictures in the 1989 Batman. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't pull that. <laughs> and she, uh, Robert Wool comes over and he looks at the the pictures on her desk and, like, these are the pictures from Cordo Maltese. And it's like a bunch of dead bodies and things like that. And she's like, gruesome or whatever. And, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's where those those pictures she took from. So, it's it's a Warner Brothers staple. Like they Val can Verde. use it whenever they. Yeah, there you go, Valverde. Valverde, Thank that's you. right. <laughs> Porto Maltese, Valverde. <laughs> right, right. Same place. <laughs> um, that's amazing, Paul. Yeah. Did seriously. you did you really I, just get that, or did you have to look it up? So here's the reason why the boys were watching Spider Man uh, Homecoming. Yep. And excellent choice. Michael Keaton plays Vulture. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, do you know who else he played? And so then I went and I showed him the 1989 Batman. And so we watched like the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of that. This happened in a couple days since you watched The Suicide Squad? No, this happened like a month ago. Oh, okay. But that's how I can it remember. Fresh. It was, I remember it was seeing yeah, it. There you yeah. go. That's what I was, was I wondering. That, like how often you watch 1989 yeah. Batman. <laughs> Seriously. Every night. <laughs> I mean that was it. And then I swing from my bar in between my doors while Jen sleeps. <laughs> and I swing my arms out like a bat. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. I remember I was nine years old when I first saw it. It was that New Year's Eve, like we got to rent a movie and we picked Batman, and I was so excited to see it. And uh, from eighty nine to ninety, so yeah, it was a big that was a big movie for my childhood for sure. <laughs> um, what'd you guys think of the music? Um, I, I figured we. We weren't going to escape talking about James Gunn and his his excellent use of music in movies. We we got some what some Johnny Cash right out of the gate. Right out of the gate, yep. Full some uh, Prison Blues, which is uh, never going to disappoint, in my opinion. So for me, I think I didn't recognize as many songs in this as I did from like Guardians. Yeah. So it wasn't as influential to me, like. I mean, I again, I know his penchant for using music and and or incorporating that into like the movie and stuff. So, but this one didn't hit for me. Like, I just didn't. I didn't know as many of the songs. So there, for me, there were just a few that 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 did really well. And and yeah, of course, in Guardians, like it's a much more kind of integral part of of the story. And there's a certain time period, and and it's you know, it make all the music is like has to be fun and and seventies and 
and and yeah, it's just built into the built into the script really. Um, whereas this, yeah, I just think he used it pretty well. Like in, in the beginning, they're in a prison, right? And then you have yeah, Folsom Prison Blues. The use of just the uh, just the Gigolo Louis Prima version. It's just because it's uh, what's her name uh, Harley Quinn is singing it. Like I ain't got nobody. Like she's singing that by herself, and then the music starts playing when she starts killing everybody, uh, which is, I thought was just a, a nice, a nice touch as well, a nice use of uh, like in, incorporating it into the story. And then um, I love the Pixies, and they use um, one of their songs called "Hey." And I, I, I looked this up, so like James Gunn wanted to use that in um, uh, use that song in in Guardians, but he he said that they were never going to go for it for like a family movie because there is there he says like whore like eight times <laughs> in the song <laughs> and you could you could definitely hear it uh in in the parts in the in, in parts when they're they're playing it in this movie but he said that it just it would make like for a really good like slow walk up and that's exactly what he used it for like when it when it hits is when they're all kind of like in the distance kind of blurred out mm -hmm. and doing doing a slow walk up and yeah i just again love the pixies so i thought it was just a great use i love that he he he's been wanting to use it in a movie for a long time um and then when they again when they're killing everybody they use the those are people who died song uh which is just it just just fits in it's kind of like when we've talked about with edgar wright um you know good yeah. good use of music in, in incorporating it into a movie and i think he did a good job with this one as well again not not maybe not the best songs but but thought out and i think that's what i really oh, am, am drawn to is that they're actually thinking about it in when they're making their movie there's something to be said it obviously adds a lot i don't remember a ton i don't know i didn't know the song necessarily so maybe that's why it didn't totally grab me but i can remember there being music you know throughout some of those scenes but i don't remember the songs or or, or didn't recognize them but uh i do agree with you if they it's it's actually cool to hear that that song, essentially, the Pixie song, is one that he had kind of just waiting to be used and then now had an opportunity to to put it in play and found kind of exactly what he was looking for in the slow walk up. And, and kind of, it probably would have been, you would have probably appreciated it and if they had used it at Guardians, but like it found its home. Yeah. You know, exactly. Worked, they, worked and, a lot better here. It. Yeah. The, the other thing I, I noticed was they mentioned, you know, and it was a cool scene too when they're out, they're all in the back of the truck and he talks to him about the dim mock, the death touch, and then he said, you know, he's like, all three of them know exactly what he's saying when he's like, if uh, you know, amateurs always say that uh, that you can't, you know, you, you can't, it doesn't work every time, it's inconsistent, right? And they all do yeah. it. But I thought it was funny because I I'm like, where have I heard that before? The dim mock, and it's in a scene in the movie Bloodsport, which is one of my <laughs> one of Martin's, you know. Over and over, I wore out that VHS tape playing Bloodsport over and over. So of course I remembered it. It's it's the thing that Jean Claude Van Damme does when he breaks the bottom brick when when they uh, they tell him they sh they ask him to demonstrate the death touch. And I just thought it was funny that the character of, of Bloodsport. So I don't know if I don't know if this qualifies as a as a callback or whatever whatever a, a Tate callback like we mentioned with the lookout. But um, but for me it seemed it seemed pretty 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 likely that it's something that that was a little nod from from james gunn or whoever wrote it so yeah <laughs> that's definitely definitely a cool uh a cool shout out we'll say yeah shalani wants to make sure it happened speaking of blood sport do you remember what the fight is called that he goes oh, the to kumite, of course yes do you know it is an olympic event event this year don't say kumite it's not kumite was an Olympic event in the 2021 Olympics. You could win a gold medal in Kumite is it, karate. Is it like uh, so? What 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 does that mean though? What is it? How is it different than Taekwondo or karate or Kumite? Uh, I believe you can't kick anybody in the head, and no so as long as you like, yeah, no headshots basically. But it's still well, like Jean Claude Van Damme would be way out of this. <laughs> so that's what he does. He jumps up and kicks him in the head like ten times. Roundhouse kicks. <laughs> yeah. But I think in in the Olympics you could okay. just no blows to the head, but it was basically like points landed for fighting and things like that. But I just I laughed when because I was looking up on like the different Olympic events and they're like, oh yeah, we have karate this year, and there was, um, you know, the one where you do like your forms and your moves and they scored on like technique and stuff like that, and then, then they go the second one is kumite, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is an Olympic event. That's awesome. We got skateboarding and blood sport. This is awesome. <laughs> Unclutch your fucking pearls, flag. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys think it was the right level of brutality, 
or was it like do you think they did it too much to no. like just to be funny no, never never too much I thought you were, uh, if anything, I was going to say, if you were, I was wondering if you were implying not enough, because, yeah, I don't think, I, don't, I think I've been, these. <laughs> we've been desensitized through all these kill fests to, uh, That's true. to, it didn't, it didn't seem too brutal to me at all. Like, what scene made you think that at all? I, I see, yeah, because I feel like they were, I, I would almost say they did such a good job of keeping it, like, lighthearted, almost, like, I'm thinking of them walking into that camp of, people they definitely shouldn't have been killing and were just like offing them left and right and essentially wiping out very, everybody. Very fun. Very and, fun scene. and like, you know, uh, Cena and Idris are like trying to show off like who can kill, <laughs> who can kill, like, I guess the coolest and easiest. And so I felt like, and even you could, well, you throw in any shark <laughs> attack and there's just, there was just such a levity to all of I felt like almost all of it that it, I definitely didn't have that thought once that, that there was like too much killing. It was just like, it was funny how much killing there was. Yeah. I will, I will agree with you on the, that, that camp scene. That was one of the better scenes I, in the movie. Um, I enjoyed that. And then I think all in all, I think one of the things that makes this more fun than kind of some of the, the past DC uh, movies is that, it's not overly superhero-y, right? Like, nobody here has real, like, ridiculous, unbeatable superpowers, right? Except for like, Polka Dot. have, you know... Of course. But I... but Right, I, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> Polka Dot Man is probably the only one. Like, everybody else is somewhat grounded. Yeah, I kind of agree. They're all more... They're closer to just, just humans. Right. And so I think that's kind of what kind of makes it a little bit better, because then you don't see, like, all right, well... You can't just fly up and fly through that gigantic starfish and and kill it, yeah, right? We like, got to talk actually about. Think about we got to talk about the big bad. <laughs> well, before we do, go finish your thought, Jelani. I I didn't think it was overly brutal. I mean, compared to like the raid and mm-hmm. and dread that we saw a couple weeks ago, it's <laughs> yeah. It was this was a you know, like I said, a palate cleanser. Even in even in like even within comic book movies though i don't i don't know maybe maybe it was welcome that it was a little bit more brutal than you know because it makes it more like was it r-rated it has to be right yes. yeah because of all the swearing yeah. and stuff too so like yeah i guess like an swearing r-rated killing it there's enough of it yeah an r-rated funny mo- movie like this it, it is it's a welcome palate cleanser to <laughs> to like the black widow and stuff where they try to keep it a little bit more a little bit more pg even though i don't even know what that one was rated but it definitely wasn't as as bad as this one you know like those marvel right. movies sometimes they walk that fine line of still being entertaining and showing a lot of violence without being too gory or brutal but this one i thought was was nice to have i wanted to uh, before we jumped into um starfish you know, like you said the big bad um i did want to touch on our boy idris who i just felt like had the absolute perfect like amount of disdain and just like frustration at everything he just he was perfect <laughs> of course you love character. that you're like that's that's the kind of disdain I strive to achieve in my everyday life. <laughs> Every single thing that happened, he was like annoyed by and just like put off by and just disgusted by and just god, he crushed it. It was awesome. He is really he's just really he's one of one of my favorite actors like of all time <laughs> at this point yeah for sure oh, i just ever it, it continued to deliver too like he just like casino would say something that like even that we thought was funny but like it just everything turned him off about the whole thing like he like just didn't want to be there at all and just it just kept delivering it over and over again i just I continued to find that awesome throughout the entire movie. All right, we can talk about yeah, the no, no arguments, no arguments. <laughs> I, I'm, we're with you. We, you know the, the I needed that on tape. <laughs> the Idris uh, standing is is definitely big with all three of us. So. Oh, well played. You're so hip. <laughs> What's up, fellow young people? <laughs> TikTok. So, did you like? Did you like the big I don't bad? Know. That was a little the eye the eyeball the huge eyeball in the middle of the thing was kind of it made it seem very cartoonish and I was fine by by that point in the movie I was already I was already in so whatever it didn't it didn't like ruin the movie for me by having you know you got to have some kind of villain that you fight at the end I get it but it was just the there was just something a little bit 
a little bit cartoonish and off of about that whole thing. When did you realize what the javelin was for? Like, you mean to split the eye open? Yeah. Um, pr- pretty much as soon as I saw that thing, I'm like, oh, that's what she's yeah. doing. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's pretty much <laughs> made, me too. made sense. I mean, her swimming around in that thing was a little weird. I'm like, would that? I don't think it'd be as quite. I think it'd be a little more viscous than water. I thought it was getting thrown. I didn't think it was getting like held onto as a uh, penetrating yeah. uh, device to, to get into object. the eye. Yeah, yeah to, to then yeah, then get submerged in the iris. Did either of you hold your breath while she was in the eye to see if you'd be able to survive? Yeah, because uh, no. I did. And those rats, <laughs> wouldn't those rats, how are they all chewing? Don't they have to breathe too? I don't know. Whatever. We'll suspend disbelief. Rats are amazing creatures, my friend. <laughs> if they have a purpose, then so can we all. Yeah. Yeah, when she went in there, I was like, all right, how long would it be before I pass out? Because I'm in this like fluid or whatever. Like, So I actually, I was sitting there like holding my breath. And I'm like, no, I'm dead. <laughs> I, I got to breathe. What about, um, what was the brain guy? The other bad guy that they killed as well was Thinker, uh, the Thinker. Doctor Doctor Grievous or whatever. I Gaius don't. Gaius Greaves, Gaius Greaves. Yeah, Greaves. Uh, you you don't know him from like the comic books or something? No. Again, I'm a, I wasn't a huge DC guy. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought maybe I thought maybe he was like bigger, but yeah, I mean, I guess Thinker. Thinker. That's what I said, isn't it? Yeah. He was. He just. Yeah. I guess he seemed pretty pretty ex- expendable, but but he also just just seemed cheesy with all the things coming out of his. Yeah. That was a little weird. I thought. Every, every every version of the comics has one because Marvel's got one. It was the guy from Tim Blake Nelson in the Incredible Hulk. Okay, he he like hits his head when he's trying to create Abomination, and some of the gamma drips into his head, and then he becomes. I think it's actually the Thinker too, or I don't want to say Mega Mind because that's another <laughs> character another completely. But altogether. yeah, but he becomes like a, a a super smart super villain, right? And so you could find parallels between the two universes all the time. But yeah, there it's very tough to make a cerebral character that's people actually care about and and are actually fearing, unless it's Professor Xavier. I think uh, I think that guy's that actor is in Paddington too, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the best movie of all time. Oh yeah. For sure, beats out. I've heard that beats out a Citizen Kane by like a mile. <clears throat> I mean, you know I'm on board. <laughs> better than Ray's marmalade. Like, yeah, I'd see way that. better than Rosebud. <laughs> Snow dude. <laughs> it was that. Yeah, the future dude. It, I feel like sometimes I get into these movies, and to a degree, I almost can forget that it's a comic book movie and then you see like you see the thinker and it's like this is ridiculous and like you have to like i have to like ground myself to the fact that it's like a comic book movie like almost more than once throughout i feel like i can let it go enough i'm like okay i'm just in like and now i'm just watching a movie it's all good but then like something will catch me and be like well that's just yeah takes you out of it yep and then you have, yeah, I have to like bring myself back to, okay, yeah, 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 for- ignore that. It's obviously just a- an extreme part of this comic book movie. But, and so, yes, I would agree. Seeing, seeing that person, the character was a little bit of that. And then, and then again, like you said, you know, that pulls you out of it as well as, you know, a gigantic blue and pink starfish, which I think starfish is a synonym for a butthole. <laughs> Any connection? <laughs> Uh, that part, that part definitely made me laugh. But I, I think I remember seeing that in the in the in the preview trailer. In the trailer, yes. yeah. So, so Same. maybe didn't hit quite as quite as hard, but it still it still made me laugh. Um, I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. I felt like I, I heard it. I I had forgotten it for sure, and then I saw it happen, and I definitely laughed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like you shouldn't have burned that line. Yeah, don't, I hate when they burn good jokes in the in the trailer. It's just like there's. You made an entire movie, like, you shouldn't really burn any great jokes in the trailer. Like, that shouldn't be what, in my opinion, like, what you're trying to get people on. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm a guy sitting in his attic right now talking on a podcast that's with a massive audience, but I'm not getting, I'm not going to be making movies, but I, I feel like I'm right about this. Yeah, hey, especially go ahead and edit a trailer. Make your own trailer. Make your own supercut. As you guys know, I've mentioned before, I have a... A kind of love hate relationship with trailers, and I think that's why because they always they they spoil things. You know, like you watch certain you watch certain trailers, and they have some jokes in there or some parts of the movie, and then the the good ones, I guess, kind of 
don't and just just tease it enough but i think enough of them you burn some jokes and then it just becomes less enjoyable in the movie so i, I try to avoid them mainly but there's certain ones where you just can't you can't help it when when the trailer looks too good and for the fast movies i'm okay with it because whatever they're all ridiculous right. anyway <laughs> i have felt like and i think some there I, i've seen it done and i utter, also understand that it's not as easy to do the 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 people and or movies that can make trailers with like a handful of deleted clips and stuff that doesn't end up in the movie but it's still yeah. like kind of, it's like good it just doesn't fit or whatever the case may be those people deserve praise because like that's even better honestly like and maybe there's people who'd be like, oh, I really wanted to see that or hear that, but like, I don't really understand that. But I'd like bring me in with something. And then I, I, I actually feel almost a little bit more, if it's a good movie, I'm going to feel more rewarded that I just, I, nothing was spoiled for me. And also, I'm going one or the other, typically. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's, but so it's almost, it, that's why it's a detriment. Like, I'm going to see the movie. Like, I don't need you to give me, yeah, don't burn, like, your third funniest line in the entire movie in a trailer. Like, what are you doing? So where then do you fall on the teasers? Are you game for a teaser or do you want a trailer? Uh, I'm, I've always been a little uh, pro pro trailer. So um, the teaser, I guess, I don't know. The teaser is anything other than a short trailer. Well, so like, like if it I was, was like a scene, yeah, it, it may be like one scene. Like if I was making like a teaser for, you know, like Jurassic Park or one of the Jurassic Parks and you just put like the the water shaking or you just see the footprint and then it like comes up and then there's the water underneath like that in my eyes would be like, that's a teaser. Or um, I remember the teaser for Transformers was just a clip of like the, the Mars rover and then something like flashes past it, you know. And then, like, knocks it over, and then you see, like, the shadow of a robot or something like that. And then and it pans out, and it's like, Transformers coming, you know, July 3rd, 2021. Um, 2022 now. But, yeah, so something like that. Like, I I can get wrapped up in, you know, watching a trailer. And then, like you said, Brady, if they put too much in it, then you're like, well, I don't really need to go see this movie now. Yeah. You just – I just feel like you – Cause like I I heard that it's funny the word this the, what brought this up was talking about buttholes, um, is <laughs> I, I heard that line in that trailer and it was like it was funny like it audibly like I was like that's a really funny it's funny from John Cena it's just like what I talked about earlier and yeah to like watch that movie like I said it's one of his top three or four funnier lines it's like I just don't see how that was needed to get people like. Did you need to somehow show that there is comedy? I, I, I don't know what the train of thought was. We're like, let's let's burn that line again. I, I maybe we're just overthinking it, as I've been taught to do. But no, I'm with you. I, I think I think you're you're exactly right. Like they didn't they didn't need it. The trailer would have been funny and good without it. Um, but whatever. It's it's kind of is what it is. I I think to answer your question, Jelani. I yeah, I'm I'm okay with teasers for that reason because they don't they don't seem to blow up the movie um and whatever trailers are fine too i don't get too upset about it but yeah that's like i said that's just why why i try to avoid them if i can i've gone away from even like on i feel like there was a long stretch where you know you'd watch a show on hbo and it was like you kind of like you i couldn't wait to see like next week you know Mm -hmm. type of thing and then i i hit a point it was pre-thrones but like i i immediately turned it off I did yeah, not I want to see, see it. Right. it just because totally. you, I couldn't trust that they wouldn't show me too much. It's like, and you I, know who was, and I'm already in, I'm already in, I'm going to watch next week. So like, I don't need right. it. It's like, I kind of want it, but I don't want to subject. It's so much better to not have it ruined. You know, what show was weird about, or that like didn't, didn't care. Like just didn't do it well at all um, for anybody. It was met. Mad Men, which is the same uh, same guy. They were great uh, about it. Writer. It was the most random they shit ever. Random shit, and you never, you could never figure out what the story was. It was just like did one person saying Did you ever look into that? Was it ever? Do, do you know? Was it? Was it? I wonder if that was. I um, I always wondered if it was intentional. It, I, I I it seems very intentional to me. Yeah, um, David Chase, and then who's the? That was a David Matt, Chase, was it? Matt, 
David Chase was David Chase is Sopranos. Sopranos. And then Matt Weiner. There you go. Um, is it Matt Weiner? I wrote Mad Men, but he was on Sopranos as right, well. Right, but David Chase had a writer on to do with Mad Men, to my knowledge. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm saying Mad Men came from Sopranos, though. Um, the writer was was from The Sopranos. Matt Weiner worked on The Sopranos. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'll double check that. Either way, the, the what we're talking about is the the little the little next week on Mad Men that didn't tell you anything about it, so I just stopped watching it too because I'm like that just doesn't it doesn't serve any purpose and didn't really uh, give you anything. Or you could watch it and it doesn't doesn't really matter. So I just kind of wondered why they why they did it that way too. Oh, I found an article in Vulture essentially praising them for the ultimate, completely unhelpful next week on Mad Men preview. <laughs> um, and they have like their own 10 minute super cut, but like it doesn't say outright if like Matt Weiner, like if that was intentional or leaned into, I, it would be really interesting. I did always kind of wonder that. And, I, and to your point, it got to be, I appreciated it. And it was something that I was happy to watch them because you definitely weren't getting anything spoiled. You were lucky to have even the basic understanding of what was going to happen What's next week. What they're talking about. At a yeah, minimum, absolutely. you knew an actor who was going to be in that week's episode. <laughs> but uh, that's a great call-out because that is 100%. They were, they totally owned that. And I, I have a hard time not thinking that most people that watch that show didn't appreciate it. Yeah. But... But but back to the movie at hand. Oh, I think I, I think overall, I think overall, the the Suicide Squad, um, I think it, I think it delivered on everything it was it was supposed to. I think it's a win for James Gunn. Are you pro DCU? Um, uh, DCEU, but oh. uh, sure. Oh, I mean, I'll I I'll watch. I'll... <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, why add that other E? <laughs> Oh, it's extended, extended universe. universe. Yeah, it's extended into other things. God forbid they um, just use yeah. the universe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm pro if they're making if they're doing a good job with it. So if this if they're heading towards the right direction okay. now, Here's and, your and gonna make everything more fun. Are you gonna yeah. watch the show? Oh, the the um, Peacemaker show. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. See, I'll have to I'll have to wait till I see the preview. I'm in. John Cena. <laughs> I, Show me the trailer. John Cena showed me enough <laughs> in in this movie to I'm in. Uh, Will he have the toilet seat helmet? <laughs> it's patriotic. I'm only in if he does. <laughs> yeah, his costume did seem a little little kind of ridiculous too. Like the colors were just a little too bright or something. So yeah, if they if they improve on that. Oh, see, um, I yeah. just I, I want them to keep. I just keep being obnoxious. I don't even know. I think it's what I the, where I'm at in the comic universe it's like i'd actually be better more appreciative of someone like the concept of just embracing the absurdity and just (laughs) going completely against type like we're not even going to try to compete with them we're just going to be outlandish and uh you might like some of it and you might not you might have tdk as a person in a real movie (laughs) but whatever (laughs) um i think i agree with you martin i think if you know, DC decides to go more irreverent, more like, hey, let's get some directors that are kind of off the beaten path. You know, we've ridden the the Zack Snyder train into the ground. Um, and, you know, James Wan, you know, can do some things here and there. But um, we'll see, you know, go more towards that comedy. Get a, get a Taika Waititi or uh, Edgar Wright or, you know, James Gunn, you know, somebody like that yeah. who can Is come there in. there some and- non-competes coming into play here? I don't know. I Clearly, think I mean, like James Gunn obviously you couldn't have a non compete considering he pretty much got fired. But um, but he's well, back. He's well, he's, he's doing for what? He's doing Guardians three. Oh, is he really? Yeah, they're letting him back in, huh? Yeah, enough time has passed. <laughs> Did everyone forget? Okay, we're we're uh, we're gonna bring him back in. Okay, well I guess then never mind. Clearly not. Um, and I actually think I saw something where. Um, Feige maybe and someone else came to visit him on set of this because he was uh, he was Gunn was talking about it in an interview. Then he's like, "Yeah, Feige and so and so showed up the day that I, I they, they were shooting one particular scene." And I was like, "Oh, that's so." There's plenty of uh, crossover bridges. There's yeah. you know, it's not like 
enemies, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't think it takes it, again. It doesn't. It, one doesn't take away from the other, really. Well, um, not at this point. I don't think, but <laughs> yeah, and 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 you're gonna have some. You know, you're definitely going to have some crossover with actors. Like, otherwise, you're just going to run out. But, like, Waititi kind of was a very strange cameo, in my opinion, because, like, one, definitely wasn't needed uh, for the role. And... Yeah, that could have gone yeah. to Cliff Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Our boy. Uh, it probably could have run to a whole lot of people. I, I would imagine that some people probably were like, what the fuck? How is Waititi even... Why is he even in this? Can that guy not be in something? Um, or be involved in something, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's obviously deep in the in making uh, MCU movies. So, but who knows? To your point, maybe he will be. Uh, maybe he'll be making the Boomerang movie. I don't know. Jai Courtney, feature. <laughs> Jelani's going if it's out there. No, Love actually, I I just saw him in a, in another film uh, recently, and I was like, I don't know about You're this out? guy. I still I'm still not yeah, in on him. He's in. He's in all like the worst uh, versions of the movie. So he's in like the worst Terminator, Terminator the worst Die Hard movie. Oh, like if you need, if you need said. to ruin a franchise, you take Jai, You put Jai Courtney. Ironically, in this would break his streak at least that we can think about. This is yeah. definitely not the worst right. Suicide Squad. Well, but I'm taking your guys's. Uh, he was he's, killed. He's in the last. He was one. in the last one, and they killed him in this oh. one. <laughs> he's barely in this one. So they know? got they they cleansed the palate to get him. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're getting rid of that Jai Courtney curse. <laughs> Great call. <laughs> I think you guys are onto something. Congrats, Jai Courtney. <laughs> and I don't, I don't really mind him. I just, I just feel like that's something. That someone tried to make him a thing, and he just hasn't become a thing. I'm pretty sure Jelani tried to make him a thing, but they keep trying to make fetch happen, and it's <laughs> right. happening. He's like the the bargain bin of Channing Tatum, and they just they keep trying to push it us, push it on us, and it's not How working. Dare. How dare you bring bargain bin into it's Channing or Jai? How dare you? Well, as always, thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're currently enjoying this podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching our our film fathers. You can also email us at ourfilmfathers at gmail.com. Thanks. And go to bed. Who's Milton?